everyone, and welcome to the five-star Joji Show here on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm your host, as always, Scott Edwards, and we are back with week two of being free for everyone to hear. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts, thank you so much for doing so. And this week, my special guest, none other than Dramatic Dream Dragons, own the podcast, which you can hear on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere. You get your podcast, Sandre Bjorn. Sandre, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, received some pretty bad news yesterday, but I'm I'm happy to get distracted by doing this. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, my friend. Um, but hopefully, like you said, um, this can be the distraction a little bit. We are we are talking about uh, a few topics today. One being a little bit heavy, a little bit sad. Um, but there is a lot going on in the world of Joshi, so hopefully the world of Joshi, which has been mostly injury news for the past month yep. um, and, yes. <laughs> a, and a retirement, uh, can uh, you know lighten the mood a little bit because we did at least have one great announcement this week. So um, hopefully that is really where we can uh, go. But we are going to start on a tougher note. Um, it was... The retirement of one Saki Akai this past weekend um, at DDT's Ultimate Party 2023 show. The same show that included Chris Jericho wrestling Kanosuke Takeshita, Chris Brooks wrestling Yuki Ueno in the main event at Ryogoku Sumo Hall. Um, ultimately, it was the final match of Saki Akai's career. Uh, she teamed up with Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani. Uh, to face Kazusada Higuchi, Namichi Marafuji, and Miyu Yamashita in what ultimately was a phenomenal match. But before we get into the match itself, um, let's talk about the retirement road of Saki Akai. I've kind of, I've, I've touched on it here and there on this podcast, but I kind of want to do a end of it and really give respect to what was one of the best retirement roads I've seen. And uh, we've now seen two great retirement roads in Joshi this year. Um, it's just unfortunate that we have to see them at all. But I will say, if there's any beauty to a sad um, result of retirement, it is how great these companies treat the wrestlers who are going out. Yeah. Uh, as someone that has covered every match of her retirement road, I over on the Dramatic Dream Rings, I can say that it's been a a retirement role that kind of needs to be studied by everyone else because it, it's it been such a big farewell to her. And she has really checked all the boxes she hasn't been able to check yet. Uh, like having the first, her first ever KOD Openweight title match her winning the the six man titles in two companies and being a double champion it really it really was a, an awesome retirement road for her and when she when she uh, now has retired it really felt like a family member of DDT was gone because of how DDT has treated her throughout the retirement road and throughout her career, actually. But because she's such an integral part to the company and the roster, and 
she's now not not going to be there anymore, uh, even though she was offered a backstage uh, helper uh, job. Yeah, uh, her her retirement um, was felt throughout a lot of the the business side in Japan. I only say that because you, you saw some of the big names that congratulated her on her retirement. None. Maybe none getting a better reaction, at least from what we saw, than the Shinsuke Nakamura one that was not aired on that final night because of, you know, the WWE aspect and they couldn't air it on um, Wrestling Universe. Uh, But it's a credit to her and what she's been able to create and the people that she's been able to touch in her career. And as someone who has watched... You know, I watched the match where she challenged for the KOD, and it was just so fantastic and so emotional. And I think that's maybe the most impressive part, if if this makes sense, of her retirement road is how every match felt very authentic in that she clearly had a real care with a lot of wrestlers. Like I watched even even her like her last Gambare match I watched. And she just really left it all out there. And this is what you want to see, obviously, for someone retiring. But you really realize how much she's going to be missed. And this is unfortunate with a lot of wrestlers. You know, we don't realize it until the end. Um there are so many promotions that even if she wasn't a featured act like she was in DET and TJPW, she would pop up in and just, you know, become one of the, you know, marquee talents on a show anytime she would. Um, so ultimately, I am sad that this is, you know, her career is obviously over, but I also am happy that she's able to end it on her own. And I think that's another yes. way I look at it, right? With the with how many wrestlers haven't been able to in the past, I'm grateful she is one of them that was able to put this retirement road together and retire on her own. Yeah, the two the two Joshis that have retired this year both have retired on their own and not because of injuries, and that is very good. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm very happy for both of them uh, in that sense. Me too. Me too. Even if I. Uh, even if I miss both of them very much. And I think we are feeling we are, we've felt the absence of Hameka. I know DDT is going to miss the absence of Saki Akai. I know TJPW is going to miss that. Um, and uh, I think they've made that very apparent. Um, but what, part of her retirement road outside of the finale was your favorite part uh well considering i said and i stand by this that her kod open with title match with chris brooks is her career's best match ever um i will pretty much say that yeah <laughs> it's, a cop out. <laughs> it's a cop out because it is her best match ever uh yeah. and Chris was always willing to take her seriously, and and he t- he would take stuff that no one else in the in the wrestling business would take from her uh, of the men. 
that's very true and uh, that yeah. is what i really love about the, the the final match also is that her struggle throughout her career was to be be taken seriously by the men and in that match higuchi and marufuji took her seriously <laughs> and higuchi even had better her yeah i i think you know as someone who watched that championship match and I, I i somehow got wrapped up in the idea of her winning and when you're able to do that when you're able to create that story within a match especially you know we're sitting here knowing she's retiring in a few months we're sitting here knowing that it's very unlikely chris brooks had just become champion and yet for those 20 minutes or so, they were able to convince you that, yes, maybe Saki Akai can win this title right before she has to retire. And I just think that's what really makes that match so great. I would agree from all the matches I've ever seen of her, whether it be Saki Akai or Saki Sama, uh, it is the single best performance of her career for sure. So I I will just agree with you on that. And, you, you know, I know you've watched a lot of her career especially in ddt so you are the perfect person to say that um but i will also add that i did like her final moments in tjpw as saki sama um obviously saki sama is a character that so many people have fallen in love with in the past because of its creativity in many ways and it's not about the wrestling it's about the character work and how she was able to really stand out um with neo bashiki goon and just from the entrances alone it was like an experience right like that's what saki sama was saki sama wasn't like this you weren't gonna get like a five-star match but you were gonna get experience out of her in those matches yeah yeah, for sure. Um, I will also mention her final singles match for, versus Hirata. Mm-hmm. With it being such a unique DDT match uh, and her her and Hirata doing a lot of uh, the, the normal Hirata comedy bits for the first part, then out of nowhere uh, it the match stopped and Hirata brought out the whole roster to to get to be able to say goodbye to to her, uh, and have their own messages to her and stuff like that. That was a very amazing moment, and that was a week or so be- uh, ago before Ultimate Party. I and and I, I will say, well, as we get to the final match, um. The love that this roster has from her for her, um, I I think I don't think I really um, realized that until this run. Like, and that's kind of how wrestling goes, right? You you know because it's kayfabe and stuff like that, so you don't really get to you don't get to feel the care that a group of people have for someone until they're ultimately leaving. Uh, but man, like just, it was so well done and I made sure to watch the Harada stuff, the Harada match because of that goodbye. And it was the perfect way to lead into ultimate party, to lead into the retirement because 
that was a way for the roster to say goodbye in kind of their own personal setting. Yes, it was a show, but it was a smaller show. It wasn't this big Ryogoku Sumo Hall show. And I think that is like the beauty of DDT in a lot of ways is that, you know, they're a company that could do something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, they 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 always treat Shinjuku Face as a a road stop to a big show, but they always make sure to have something there that means a lot, and this was that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But uh, let's get to the final match, the final night. This was this past Sunday, Ultimate Party 2023. You can check it out over on Wrestle Universe. Um, and the match was simple. She made her last entrance. It was, it was very special because obviously she's coming out, you know, and, and she is wrestling arguably the three figureheads of each of the top of the big three in terms of the cyber fight promotions, right? Haguchi, uh, Mare Fuji and Yamashita. So the, the they gave her... <laughs> Yes, they're, they're like exactly. unstoppable wrestlers of the the three promotions, which is just so awesome. Like when the match was announced, and I looked at, it, I was like, "That it's hard to get much better than that, right?" Like Yamashita obviously has history with Akai. Marafuji does as well, but Marafuji's just Marafuji. Like I don't, even, I don't even need to explain that. Um, and then yeah. Higuchi, especially over his last year. Um, he has been just unbelievable, but he's for a long time been unbelievable. There's history there as well. So everything made sense to make this last match special, but, and, you know, teaming with Sakaguchi, you know, Okatani, of course. Um, Higuchi was always going to be involved in their last match. uh, uh, I felt because they just like Yuka Sakaguchi always going to be was always going to be in, involved in their last match because of eruption. It was only right. It was only right. And I'm happy right. that ultimately as the match went on, she got a moment with everyone in there. Um and I don't want to just brisk over the match, but I do want to just get to the 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 perfect ending. Uh yeah. Sasaki Akai is hit with a headbutt hook kick headbutt from Higuchi hook kick from Marafuji and the crash rabbit heat from Mia Yamashita and she kicks out and let me tell you now this was one of my favorite kickouts of the entire year because it's that I have a little left in me I have a little left in my career I'm not done yet right it's the final gasp it's the final let's just continue this just a little bit longer and then maybe one of, if not the most beautiful moments of the year in a professional wrestling match is when all the men's wrestlers, you know, Sakaguchi, uh, Higuchi, Marafuji, and Okatani, they all get out of the ring. They all say, let's just leave this to Yamashita and Akai. And, yeah. and it's just beyond emotional. Yamashita, Yamashita's starting to really show the emotion like early on in the match she did such a good job at you know being Miu Yamashita but as the match went on and on it's like you're starting to realize like okay this is this is the end and 
They leave these two in the ring. She hits the skull kick, and Saki Akai's career is finished officially over after the three count. And they embrace in the ring, and they just show these great close-ups on the guys who had left the ring. And it was just such... It was so perfectly done. And the match was fantastic as well. Um, So that doesn't hurt either. But it was as well done for a retirement match as i've seen i've seen two but well, i've seen great retirement matches literally just this year right we we saw keishi muto retire and have the the impromptu match with chono we saw hameka retire and you know get to do the whole entire gauntlet with the roster um and have the micah match as well this yeah. was perfect you know the the homelander uh <laughs> the homelander yeah. meme that's exactly how i felt and saki akai got to close her career in as perfect of a way as possible yeah uh it was it was at the moment when yukio like put his hand on Marufuji's chest and said no we're leaving <laughs> it was at that moment i was like yeah this is this is going to end up on my top 10 of the year because I mm. am so, this is the, that was so emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what Saki Akai, the wrestler who is retiring, would want the men to do, is to leave the ring and take her, take her wanting to finish the match seriously and not break up it, break it up. It's, it was perfect. It, it was perfect. Um, and I'm happy you kind of bring up the emotional side and how that can, like, if anyone calls this their match of the year, I 100% understand because one, the the wrestling was great, right? And the wrestling being great, it almost is it, that's secondary in a retirement match because it's all about the emotion, it's all about the the care and what they were able to do was create a moment that will forever be remembered in DDT's history. That's what they did. Like, this isn't just a Saki Akai moment. This isn't just one of the moments for the many wrestlers in this match. No, this is a DDT moment that ultimately from here until they play the video of her career and they, you know, she gets her robe back on. They throw all the streamers and sh- they play her song one more time and she gets to wave goodbye. Like that, all of that, all of every bit of that, that is a moment in DDT's time that everyone will remember if you're a fan of this promotion. Yes. Uh, and I can attest to that because I, I cover this promotion weekly. <laughs> um, I. Uh... It, the VTR uh, after the play after match um, showed a lot of her career highlights. It is also the first time ever that DDT and uh, TGPW has acknowledged that Sakisama and Sakakai is the same person. <laughs> yes, yes, which um, I, was very funny. Um, yeah. Maybe the best part of it. <laughs> uh, and the, I mean, her uh, standing in the ring and the me- the messages that it was sent and the wrestlers who gave her flowers. Uh, Ukitani and Yuki Sakaguchi, her factional mates in Eruption, uh, are two people that rarely, rarely 
show emotion. They they very rarely show emotion, and their pain when they gave her flowers, their visual like sadness was very hard to see for someone that always sees them as super serious guys. And it was on Okutani's birthday, so. Now, with Saki Kai's career now complete, um, for for you as someone who covers DDT, obviously, and has been a longtime fan of TJPW, how would you, if you could, define Saki Kai's career in the easy? And that's asking a lot, but I think there's a few ways you can go with it in terms of what she was able to accomplish as one, pretty much the, for a long, from the majority of her career, the only woman in a, all men's promotion for the most part, as well as a very different wrestler in TJPW. She, what I would will always say about her is that Every year she performed, she was better than the last. And she improved on every aspect of her game of her wrestling game each year. And that that it, it, she was always dedicated to get, getting better and getting better. And that, that was a, a good part of what why eruption form was to help her get to be taken seriously by everyone else. Because here, here are these two that take her seriously and want to team up with her. And if for her, her whole uh, run I was very like it was a way to get some very uh, some more variation on an already variety driven show, um, and it was a way to get in some freelancers uh, to pop some tickets uh, like Fujimoto or. Mm-hmm. Mayuhiki, uh, like anyone uh, in the Joshi in the scene could be brought in and face her at the DDT show and it would bring in some more interest. Uh, and yeah, they they uh, they aren't going to do that anymore because at any any female rookie they get will be sent to TJBW, not the DDT. Yeah. Do, do you think with Akai gone... Uh, DDT loses like a big difference. Like, you know, having her, like you said, brings the Joshi aspect and has for a long time now. Like, do you think losing her kind of takes away what was a fun little um, aspect of really how they ran as a company? Kind of. I know Takagi has said that he wants to have a, a more a, a wants to have kind of a kind of a women's division in DDT, like more, but not like TJPW where it's its own promotion. More a a, a like women that represent DDT and that that style, even though TJPW and DDT is pretty similar. But he he kind of. Um, I think that was kind of one of his goals with Zaki Kai was to create something, but he never got going there with it. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they'll do now if uh, with Joshu wrestlers. They can always do like the Noah thing where they bring in freelancers who already have uh, stories and sure. let them tell it in. Yeah. TJP, uh, yeah, and they can and, always use TJPW wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, they can always use TJPW wrestlers, which they did on this show. <laughs> yes, they did. A uh, good, they did a good showcase for a lot of the young talent of the roster, which they, I was a fan of. Yeah, I, I think there, there could be a chance that uh, in the coming big shows of 2024, uh, like the, the TJPW roster members will get the opportunity to perform on these long shows. <laughs> And I, and I like that. I feel like if you're going to run a sumo hall, if you're going to run um, any of the many other big buildings in Japan, I'm not going to sit here and name them all, um, then giving a showcase, especially to the younger wrestlers like they did here, is great. Um, not to get away from, obviously, the main topic, but it is something that DDT can do and Noah can do and how they do it with the freelancers. Um I just think it adds an overall intrigue to a lot of these companies that we're slowly seeing more and more of, right? Over the past year, um, New Japan, DDT, NOAA, All Japan, they've all featured some sort of Joshi match, kind of like a Joshi highlight match um, on their, not every like huge show, but big enough shows. Um, And I do hope we get to see more of it. Uh, because I just think it's such a it's such a good difference maker from what is ultimately just a long Piro show from time to time. Yeah. Um, I always <laughs> say that Noah should be the ones that are taking advantage of that the most because their undercards are usually bad. Um, <laughs> so it's like, all right, add this add this curveball, and they're doing a lot now with like Monday Magic. Uh, this week they had Chihiro Hashimoto. They're going to have the first match of Nagisa Nozaki's return in two weeks, which is oh, that is crazy, <laughs> insane to me for other reasons. Um, yeah. But I think it's something that ultimately Saki Akai helped create. Uh, uh, honestly, like her her involvement in DDT, while it's not just her, like Joshi getting popular has obviously led to this too. I still want to give her credit because you know she's been the one in a puro promotion, you know, being in these big matches and showing what her star power can do and can create opportunities for other wrestlers. So I want to give yeah. credit to her on that as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to point out the first Ultimate Party in 2019. Uh, had uh, two uh, title matches from TJPW on it. Uh, they didn't have room for that this year, <laughs> no. uh, sadly. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm okay with that, but I hope that next year I would love if they used the opportunity to have uh, Princess of Tag title and Princess of Princess title defended on uh, the DDT shows. Like That would be awesome. I agree. I think that would be such a great... Um... This is a great addition, especially, again, I can't stress this enough. For the Kai gone, I still think DDT fans are more – they're more used to the Joshi wrestlers on their shows, right? So, like, they are going to welcome, I think, something like that more than the Noah's, yeah. the All Japan's, the New Japan's. So, well, New Japan's a different conversation. 
but I'm not going to get into Well, we will get into that a little bit in a little bit, <laughs> actually soon. Uh, but as we wrap this up here, I just want to congratulate Saki Kai, obviously, on what was a great career, a fantastic retirement road, and a truly, truly special retirement match that will go down in DDT's history, but I'll even say, um, you know, modern Joshi history. Uh, her her importance to a lot of companies was felt over the past couple months. And uh, there was a lot of, from what I saw, there was a lot of photos of other Joshi wrestlers being in attendance for this show. Um, so very, yeah. which was obviously yeah. lovely. I mean, two of her classmates gave her uh, flowers. So Yes, which I loved uh, that as well. Um, is she the first of the twenty of the twenty thirteen Joshi class that has retired? Like the huh. on the top of my head, I can't remember anyone else. I think so. Um, because I, there's a reason why we put some uh, thought into that is because the twenty thirteen uh, rookie class is. Uh, the Joshi class is a pretty big one. It's got Izumi, it's got Sakakai, it's got um, Rina Yamashita, Takumi Uroa, uh, Natsusumire. <laughs> it, it's got a lot of people. <laughs> it's it's a stacked class. Um, I think she's. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're right. I think she is the at least the main crew like i'm sure there's people that debuted in 2013 that yeah. didn't last long um but out of the main crew i believe so uh yeah. which uh it was nice to see them show up and pay their respects and that's again the beauty of retirement you get to see their history in kind of one night um which is always very sad but very cool but like i said saki akai uh really just a difference maker all around, especially in DDT. So she's going to be very missed by many of us. Um, and she's going to be missed in the scene. She's going to be missed popping up on these shows. And uh, we wish her the very best in her retirement. Next up, exciting times are back as Sari has announced that Sariism. Chapter 3 is coming, and we don't have to wait too long. It'll be January 16th, a five-match card featuring some of the best young talent in Joshi, some of the older talent in Joshi, and a grudge match of sorts in the main event. Um, it is called, the, the tagline is Cerise 2024 starts with the revenge, which is just so sick. Uh, she's like, yeah, I I want my revenge. And the card is as followed. Arisa Nakajima will team up with Kero Ito versus Unagi Sayaka and Karumi Haragi. Um, and maybe the most one-sided match I've ever seen. Uh, Jaguar Yakota and Aja Kong will face the rookies, Chi-Chi and Kazuna Tanaka. Mio Momono teams up with Riko Kawahata to face the Inaba sisters. Takumi Aroha goes one-on-one with Miyuki Takase. And in the main event, a rematch from the first Suriism. It will be Suri versus Chihiro Hashimoto with a 60-minute time limit. Um, obviously, beyond stoked 
for the return of Surrealism, um, especially after the first two this year. How how were your feelings when you saw the card for Chapter 3? Uh, this is actually what, uh, when I first heard of whole card. I only knew oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry was the the main event. Uh, I love Iroa versus Takase. That's a yeah. great start to the year. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I think I'm gonna have a lot of fun with this. Uh, Momono and was it Kawahata? Yeah, yeah. Ver- Kawahata Novel Sisters. That's yep. pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, I can't wait. Uh, Sarism, it, it, it's been two of my favorite shows this year, so I, I will probably love uh, next year's also. And a great start to the year. She's starting her Booker of the Year uh, contendership very strong. That's that's the best way I like to say it. Um, and Sari obviously has a lot to do with the next couple months. She is, like I said, talked about last week, she is joining Suke Bon. Um, she will be making her debut in December, and then she will also likely be defending the Beyond the Sea Championship by the end of the year, by the beginning of the year. I have no idea. I know I know uh, her and Arisa Nakajima, uh, they have a match this week that I, I'm guessing they announced their tag title challenge after they win. Um, yeah. So um, I'm not yeah. sure yet. She could wrestle twice, too, I guess. I mean, I re- I remember thinking that um, they were setting up uh, Hashimoto challenging for the title after Senegal's Korokin, but th- that was obviously not the case. This was what they were setting up. I thought the same. Yeah, and then uh, that, that's a good point. There's a chance she challenges for the Sendai Girls World title eventually as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know who. Uh, I mean, if the if the year is if the Sendai Girls' last show of the year is sorry and Arisa versus uh, Tw- Twin Various, I, I think that's a pretty good main event. Uh, I I think I would prefer a a Taro defense from sorry at the end of the show, but but yeah, I because she hasn't defended duty. it yet. That would be that would be cool. I could see her pull double duty. I could see her and Arisa Nakajima pull double duty against one another as well. Um, t- team first, then face each other, which would be crazy. Um, I would like if maybe the Hiroyo Matsumoto tag match this week led to a title match between her and Suri as well. I think that would be a good option for them. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird because they switch right to the tag title stuff, and. Uh, Obviously, I'd like to see her defend the belt because when she won the belt, I think we all got excited about the p- possibilities. Um, and she has yet to defend it since. I don't, when did she win it? August? Yes. September? Yeah. So we're closing, <laughs> we're closing out the year and we have yet to get a defense. So uh, let's hope let's hope that comes soon. But overall, I mean, we have surrealism. So can't be that upset at the end of the day. Uh, she's yeah, going to kick I mean, off her wrestle of the year 2024 campaign as strong as possible yeah and her 2023 case is very strong right now so yeah it is she she's gonna close out the year strong and then start next year strong if we based off of just the conversations we had i mean the match it's with on the seedling card this week should be another fantastic showing um that i don't think there's any doubt about that 
Uh, so I'm very excited to see what she continues to do because she seems to be ramping up a little bit her schedule. Um, she seems to be wrestling a little bit more and more. She did two matches with Sunday Girls that, well, at least we got to see one of them. Uh, uh, pain. Life is pain. Um, actual pain. The, the clips they showed of that of that Chi-Chi uh, and Sorry versus Red Energy tag, I was so mad. <laughs> it was uh, it was some sort of evil that, uh, that they just like dropped the clip, and I was like, I'm never gonna see this match. And even if I yeah. do, it's gonna not be like until like July next year, uh, which is pain, just absolute uh, pain. Uh, it's it's kind of like how I talk about which you know in a few weeks I'll do my rest of the year tag team of the year conversations. Team 200 kilograms, I'm 100% convinced, would be walking away with tag team of the year right now if I could see any of their matches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had they... so many good matchups, and we've seen five of them. It's a company that works against itself so hard. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, Senegos have such great... Um, uh, cork, cork and holes and, and big shows, and then they just do nothing because they have they don't upload their shows. <laughs> it's just it's it, it's frustrating. Uh, ultimately, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and lie. Now, I I understand they're not a promotion that runs like everyone else, but they are a promotion that runs. I think the most consistently good cards on the Joshi indie scene. Yeah, and it hurts that we see maybe outside of the Corkins, three of them per year. Like this year, I think we've seen like maybe five of their non-Corkin shows. I would pay so much for a YouTube uh, membership. Me too. Me too. That would I'd be so. It would be perfect. It would be perfect. Would it not? Like it's. Yeah. Uh, but that's us getting sad. Uh, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on here. Uh, next up is more injuries. In the world of stardom. Hey, the feud uh, of the year continues. Stardom yeah. versus injuries. Let's go. Feud of the year. Feud of the end of the year. Right? Like the crazy part, it's all happened within like the past month outside of the Kamatani injury, which uh it's like I just sit here waiting for something now. It's like, all right, when when's gonna be the next brutal update that kills me? Um so the injuries are as followed. Uh Mayutani. Joe, very funny, by the way. She injured her pinky, um, dislocated it, looks nasty, and she was very adamant that this was no one's fault besides herself. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I, I mean, believe her. <laughs> I do too. I'm still sad, but all right, I get it. And um, Wakasukiyama, unfortunately, seems to be out due to a wear and tear type injury uh a lumbar hernia she'll be out for a little bit sounds like mayu could just miss this weekend um we'll obviously wait and see on that but yeah sucks it just sucks um i i i I, i'll tell you all this mayu being good and dandy for all this time while all the other injuries were adding up was keeping me sane yeah I am no longer sane. I am. I am. I'm 
I have no idea what to do anymore. I was like, this is just, it's just not going away. I need it to stop. Uh, but ultimately, we wish them both a speedy recovery. Again, I think with Mayu, she'll probably be back very soon. Um, honestly, I'm I'm happy she's not working with this because I'm sure she could have because it's a pinky. But, you know, there's a ladder match that she was probably going to be yeah, in this weekend. Yeah. So I'm perfectly fine with her not being in that. And then Waka. Waka is very unfortunate because lumbar hernia. I have no idea what the um, how much time that takes to recover, um, but it's kind of in the same realm of the not supporting Tommy injuries where it's just going to take time. So take all the time you need, um, and hopefully you'll be back sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, man, stardom. <laughs> Got it. End the year. Yeah, I I have a been on like a two three week break from Stardom, mm-hmm. uh, and man, the, the injury news have not uh, been fun. <laughs> no, it's and it's and bad. this show on on Sunday, I think it is right. Yeah, yeah. The tag, I, the tag league show or the gold rush well both of them gold Maybe, rush yeah. is saturday i think yeah okay yeah but the, yeah both the tag league final and uh the gold rush are were pretty gutted by all these injuries <laughs> yeah yeah i will give i will give my um keep <laughs> i'll give as much uh hope to that gold rush show as i can but because there are three people coming back within that one show, which is great. Um, but there's still so many people that are out, including Tam, who, of course, was defending the title on that yeah. show. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that when we preview Gold Rush. It's it's tough. It's tough time to start them. As, as I've been saying, get everyone healthy for Queendom in the, new, in the start of the new year. Just accept. Take the L's on the chin, ultimately, these next... Yeah this next month and a half until then. Uh, I think they know they have to. Um, it is what it is. But uh, let's get to Lone Star Shootout, shall we? Lone Star Shootout had an IWGP women's title match as Mayu Iwatani defended against Stephanie Vaquer of CMLL, the CMLL Women's World Champion, by the way. Um, I'll, start it, I'll start it off very simply. This match was great. It's crazy what happens when the IWGP women's title gets to be defended. It's almost yeah. like Mayu <laughs> in big matches is great. And while she it's, didn't... It's almost like when her big music hits, you're going to have a great match. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a crazy idea. Um, what a crazy idea to just let her wrestle in big matches. And let me tell you, Sandre, I have been dying for big Mayu matches. They don't happen enough. And when she won the IWGP Women's title, I said, ah, here we go. This is our chance. Like, a lot of defenses. And then, no, they went with the strong women's title instead that gets all the defenses. And I just, <laughs> I'm just sad. Well, well Julia has to has to get some goodbye matches in, you know. Hey, ho, oh, hey, <laughs> oh, hey, 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 hey. Um, while, while that very, very well may be true, 
Uh, either way, Mayu should be defending this title as much as possible. This was a great title defense. Stephanie Vaquer obviously has put her name on the map for a lot of people who didn't know her this year. If you're a Joshi fan, you really took notice of Stephanie Vaquer last year when she d- dipped into Ice Ribbon, had a great title match with uh, Sayori Ano for the Ice Infinity Championship. Uh, she was great last year. So seeing her have this big spot against Mayu and them having what I thought was like maybe the easiest looking great match I've seen in a while. Like they had so much left in the tank when this match was over ultimately. Um, but they still were able to really put together what was a great IWGP title defense. And that's really what we're all looking for at the end of the day with this title which one being defended two having great matches. And that's exactly what they did. Mayu winning with maybe the cockiest she's ever been in a while or not ever, but the cockiest she's been in a while. She hits a tombstone after waving to the crowd or the camera, which was (laughs) phenomenal. And then hitting the moonsault for the win. Uh, She didn't go. She didn't give everything. Like, she didn't use her entire playbook because she didn't even hit the two-step. But uh, she gave the Texas crowd a lot of her big moves. She hit one of her topes without anyone catching her besides Stephanie, a guardrail, and the cement floor, um, which terrified me. But Uh, She had to give uh, a unique Mayuri Watani experience to the Texas crowd, and that (laughs) includes her almost dying on every bump. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Um, it, it wouldn't have been right if we didn't get that experience as I watched the match live and jumped out of my chair because I was like, oh, dear God. Um, as you know, she pretty much went head first into the ground. Uh, how did you like the match? I, I thought it was great. I watched it yesterday. Uh, I thought uh, this and Speedball uh, and mm-hmm. Saxe Jr. right before it, it was a great too much yeah. uh, stretch here. Um, yeah, Ma- Mayu bumped her ass off for stuff, but it really made uh, Steph's offense uh, look pretty great. I would love to see Stephanie McCary in stardom. I yes. would love giving her a... Like, she has a busy schedule with CMO. But if there is a shot, a chance to have her in the five star next year, you have to do it. Oh yeah. If 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 there's even a consideration for that to happen, then you take it. Um yeah. and, and CMLL has, has obviously shown an openness to let rest like important wrestlers do tours. I mean, they're sending Atlantis Jr. and Soberano Jr. to the World Tag League, for example. Um, Silverado Jr., mind you, who just turned heel in like a big story for them, just getting sent to World Tag League and Teton, of course, and so on and so forth. So I hope Stephanie Vaquer could be someone that dips in. It is worth noting that after the match, Mayu Yutani laid down the challenge. She said she wants a CMLL Women's World title. So if you can give me Mayu Yutani in Arena Mexico, that would be please awesome. do. Please that would do. Be so cool. That would be such a fun experience, I think, for everyone. Um, and, and like I said, she has just been she's been fantastic in all her spots this year. She just doesn't get a lot of spots. Um, but she will be defending the title on January 4th, of course, at the brand new uh Tokyo Dome City Hall show that Starm will be running 
um, ahead of the Wrestle Kingdom show. So yeah. if, if that's her next defense, so be it. I'd like to see her do Queendom, though. I'd like to see it, her. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, it should, it, it should be Queendom also. I know that's asking a lot. More, more, um, more title matches for the title that has been defended only twice. But since well, I mean, she lost to a lot of people in the five star. Uh, have Fatsuki challenge. <laughs> yeah, there's a long list. That's the pro- I think that's my problem. Like, there's so many people I want to see challenge her, and they just yeah, they just don't do it. Like, I understand. I understand they have wanted to kind of set a precedent for who gets the challenge for this title. Um, right, the strong titles just defend against pretty much everyone that's an outsider at this point. Yeah. Um, but the IWGP title, since its beginning, the matches have been Mayu versus Kyrie, Kyrie versus Tam, Kyrie versus Mercedes Monet, Mercedes Monet versus Hazuki and Azumi, Mercedes Monet versus Mayu Iwatani. Now, Mayu versus Utami and Mayu versus Stephanie Vercare. That is yeah. a who's who. Like, it's not like we're, you know, we're not doing cheap matches here, which I love. But let's just do yeah. more. I mean, there is someone that is a pretty big name on the Stardom roster that ha- isn't doing anything lined up for for uh, Queendom. Shuri. Do fucking do Shuri, uh, Shuri versus Mayu. <laughs> I pitched Shuri to be the uh, Dominion challenge at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Silly. Yeah. Uh, what an idea. Crazy. Yeah. That I booked her in anything that wasn't um, these weird matches. Though though we will get to that preview. Um, I do think there's a possibility that the major announcement, whatever this is at Gold Rush, that is also true. Yeah. could involve her. So we'll wait and see. But Everyone go check out Lone Star Shootout. It is now up on Stardom World. So uh, you have no excuse. Yes. Yeah, you have no excuse. Sure. Uh, the Goddess of Stardom finals was this past weekend. There were four tournament matches total on the pay-per-view. Four <laughs> on the Goddess of Stardom finals. There were four total tournament matches. That's uh, That is a sign of Injuries getting real bad. Um, Hanum was forced to miss the show. Saki Kashima was forced to miss the show. <sighs> Koguma was already out of the show. The only thing that made me laugh was when Hanan like had to pull out of the show. Mai was like, "All right, I'm taking my time to get home now." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, all right." I was like, "You weren't going to be there either way, but that's fine." Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm happy you made a, a, a little laughter out of this. But ultimately, the Goddess of Stardom tournament um, this year goes down as a break. <laughs> a break for sure. It And it was mostly a break for all their wrestlers because a lot of them just didn't yeah. wrestle, yeah. <laughs> um, which is a good twist, I guess. It was a break uh, for a lot of the viewers. It was a lot of break yeah. for a lot of a lot of the wrestlers. Yeah, it's it was a losing battle pretty much for them, and I think they knew that. And usually, God Stardom Tag League doesn't isn't the biggest strong point as is. So I think they're okay with this being the down period because it usually is. Um, 
So yeah, let's uh let's just get to the results because there's not much to talk about here other than it was I think good. they should go back to holding the final of the Tigley and the Cork and I agree. That would I think that would just be perfect. And I'm sure they would get a big number there as opposed <laughs> well, this time doesn't count. I'm not I'm not holding the six oh one attendance number against them. Yeah. Um it's like okay, what were they gonna do? Um but let's let's just let's just get to the results. Uh Shuri defeated Hanako, Ruaka, and Yunamizumori in the opening match. Both Crazy Star and Divine Kingdom had non-tournament matches due to <laughs> both of their uh opponents being injured. Uh so Crazy Star faced Hazuki and Saida, while Divine Kingdom faced O2 lines, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, which by the way, they faced them on Friday as well. So they just Poor Azumi and Miyu Amasaki had to face the wrath twice. Nice. <laughs> yep. Uh, but by the way, I just want to say, if there's anything to take away from Goddess of Tag League, for those who didn't watch, O2 line has become a really solid team. Amasaki's getting better and better, and Azumi's doing great at leading the way. Um, I just want to point that out, because not a lot of people probably know that, because mostly everyone didn't watch Tag League. I did, because I had to, but not everyone did. So I just wanted to... If there was any growth from this tournament, it was those two. They did a really solid job. You're yeah. welcome, everyone. Love them for that. Um, and they seem to really uh, get along, so I, I'm sure that helps. And Amasaki's a lot more comfortable with Azumi than pretty much everyone else, I've noticed. Uh, or, you know, whatever. Blue Goddess Blue Goddess match from Ryan Mai Sakurai defeat Ami Saray and Lady C. There's a realization that I've had that I'm probably getting Mirai title matches against my Sakurai and Amisurai. And I couldn't want something less. (laughs) After Omni versus Mirai this Saturday. Who better than my Sakurai to come out and close the show to challenge? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's exactly what's gonna happen. Well, yeah. I just don't. Here's all I ask: I don't want either one of them to be queen of, please. And they I'm are. Very, gonna, I, my Sakurai is gonna be queen of. <laughs> I'm fearing, like I have zero interest in this, like tension between the new eras, zero. Negative interest, arguably. Um, so like I'm debating which of the two <laughs> I would rather see Mariah face. Uh, I don't think I have an answer. I just it is what it is, I guess. Um man, how do you go from Sayorian out to that? Anyways, we'll move on. Moonlight, Venus, Venus Shirakawa, Wakasukiyama eliminated XL, Natsuko Toru, Momo Watanabe when Mina was able to pin Momo. Uh, they had a great exchange in the ring. Um, these two are great together. That's about all you need to know from that match. Red Goddess Block, Mafia Bella, Julian Tekla uh, went to a draw with Prominences, Risa Sarah, and Kurumi Haragi. Uh, that eliminated both of them, allowing Crazy Star to advance to the finals. And in the Goddess of Stardom Tag League finals, it was Divine Kingdom, Micah, and Megan Bain defeating Crazy Star, Suzu Suzuki, and May Sarah. In a great match. Yes, in a great match. We will talk a little bit about the final here. Um, 
So my my pitch last week was with all these injuries and just, you know, you throw everything out the door at this point. You should continue to tell the story between Mike and Suzuki. And that's what they did. And I'm very appreciative of that. Like, out of anything in this tournament, that was the biggest positive you could have had at this point. Um, And also, May Sarah, MVP. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. She's she's incredible. I can't stress enough how incredible May Sarah is. Like, she is... Yes, they've signed Suzu Suzuki this year, so like it's not fair because Suzu Suzuki is Suzu Suzuki, right? And yeah. she's won the five star Grand Prix and everything, but like May Sarah is as good a signing in pro wrestling this year as any signing. Because not only was she out of wrestling, she she may have never came back. Like, that's the fact. And not only has she come back, she has been, like you said, an MVP-type wrestler. She has some of the best showings on house shows, um, if you just if you check any of those out. She's consistently great in these tag matches. She's an amazing tag team wrestler. That Sayori Poi yep. versus Crazy Star match, still in my memory. That was one of my favorite tag matches of the entire year, and yep. May Sarah was a big reason why. And in this match, she was she, this was like Hoshizuki levels of May Sarah. Like this was unbelievably great. Uh, she was easily. <laughs> oh my god, she was easily the MVP of a match where the other three are the main focus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just want to point out also May Sarah. Since coming to stardom on All Star Queendom, has had 81 matches. <laughs> that is more matches than most wrestlers have in a year. <laughs> she, I don't think she's missed. She hasn't missed a show since she came back. Yeah, which is just <laughs> which, fantastic. Which is based on how this recent stretch has gone. It is incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, to be fair, Mariah May had 99 before she left stardom and she hasn't wrestled for a month <laughs> so like yeah. it's, that's more matches than one everyone in AEW will ever have um two that just again furthers how insane the schedule of yeah. stardom is um yeah uh, stardom stardom and the dragon gate are the two mo- most consistent uh, like uh, shows in uh, promotions in Japan because they run like every week. Yeah. They will have like at least two house shows. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, they, I they don't take breaks. I understand why their roster is so hurt. It sucks that they are <laughs> though. Like that. Yeah. I I I think someone made a good point. There could be like. Also, a slight like change in the way Stardom handles injuries. Like, I think they're more willing to keep these wrestlers out now. Um, you know, because yeah. in recent years, a lot of them would fight through certain things. Um, now, some injuries, obviously, you cannot be fighting through. Um, but I think that's also maybe part of it. It's like, hey, this is the time of year to take off. So we're just going to accept it, especially because you want them healthy for the new year. You want them healthy and ready to go. So after the five star, now Utami, for example, she had to leave the five star. So that that's an injury that she needed to handle. Um, I think Natsupoi is an interesting one. I think she's healing because she 
should not because like i think she would be maybe competing if she if uh i think she was not going to take off time originally if i'm not mistaken but i'm happy she is uh if there's anyone though that i'm missing from these normal shows it is her because her efforts on house shows on every pay-per-view they are so noticeable that when she's gone it's like man yeah this is tough yeah i there's a lot of people i I miss right now in storm but not to point it's definitely high on that list yeah Um, yeah i agree and um, yeah, I, I hope her and Anu have, have someone great lined up for the. It will be Micah and Megan Bain, right? Which will be an interesting challenge. Um, seeing that I'm pretty sure Megan Bain's gone um, very soon. But yeah, probably. AEW's got to get her back. Uh, <laughs> now that she has gotten really good and gotten some name recognition. Yeah. Tony Khan suddenly cares. <laughs> it, it would be a, it would be a shame if uh, we took that away from you. Yeah, thanks. No, I I really started to like Megan Bain. She really put it together here. Oh yeah, we're gonna take her back now. Oh, okay, cool. Sounds good. I didn't want to see her wrestle anyway. Um, yeah. You know, because she won't be featured enough. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's a uh, complaint for another time. But that's the thirteenth goddess of Stardom tournament. Nothing to. Uh, Nothing to complain about, nothing to celebrate, just just sit down the tournament. Who would you say was the MVP of the tournament? You, um Crazy Star. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I know it's not very creative, but um no. they probably had the best matches consistently every night. And uh, if it wasn't them, I'd say uh, Hanan and Mayu, because I really enjoyed their matches, even though they've been done since like two weeks ago it feels like i think they got all their matches out of the way and then they're like well my has to go away so we're done okay cool um i love them as a team i'm really hoping they win the tag title soon um because it's what i never got with the mk sisters and i think hanan is learning a lot from mayu kind of getting her ready for that next step that i think should be very soon for her I don't yeah. I I have said that she we shouldn't be waiting too long on her to give her um a push up the card. I'm not saying she needs to win the wonder or world, but I'm saying she should get a title match soon. Yeah. Um I thought she, she should have challenged Mariah already. So that yeah, tells you all you I need agree. to know about that. But uh definitely crazy star with eye contact right behind them. Yeah. Okay. And I know you didn't watch the tournament, so I'm not going to ask you. Uh, yes, I didn't. <laughs> that was uh, my ass. <laughs> yeah. But we continue on here in stardom this week. Uh, they have two big shows, starting with New Blood West 1. We are leaving the Tokyo area for the first time. This time heading to, you guessed it, Osaka, because Momoka Hanazono is on the card, baby. Uh, <laughs> there's always a good giveaway of where they are when she is on the card. Uh, this 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 card is weird. It is all singles matches. Every one, single match is a singles match. One of the singles matches is very appealing to me as a fan. <laughs> um, there, yeah, there's one, there's one on here that I'm. I have every bit of my week, my stardom weekend hanging on because uh, honestly, yeah. one one of them is dealing with acute appendicitis, so. Uh, 
for me. So uh, for my, some, I think we're talking about the same match, but yeah. uh, we'll see. But let's let's kick it off with kind of the shocking um, announcement this week is that a new trainee will debut on the show now. Um, yeah, she does not have a name yet. That will be announced tomorrow. Um, she'll get her name and she'll be facing Momo Watanabe to kick off her career. So uh, right now she's named X Rookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's just she's just the newcomer. Uh, but I will say, this is a rookie that I've I've kind of heard rumblings about that has been very exciting and, the, and Rossi said as much in his tweet about her that she's she passed her rookie test with flying colors she's a big time prospect that they're very excited for I believe she's a judoka um, or that's her background so I'm not saying we're getting a big rookie push because that's never happening again but this is someone to be excited about this is someone that stardom's excited about um, and clearly when you're making your debut match against Momo Watanabe is to probably put on the best match possible. Cause you know, it doesn't get much more uh, consistent and solid in there than Momo. No. Yeah. Uh, as Rossi also said, Momo Watanabe uh, uh, was the debut opponent for both Stara Kid and Saya uh, Kamitani. So pretty big deals. I'd, I'd pretty say big deals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm excited. Hey. I always like new, more, more people on the roster that isn't injured, so hell yeah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. This is it's tough, it's tough out there, you know. Like, it's just never getting easy, <laughs> never getting easier. But uh, we welcome the trainee, looking forward to that. Next up, we got Ami Saray versus Zones of Evo Girls, should be great. What you know, powerhouse man? I don't know. Great, it's a little extreme, but it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I, if they just run into each other a few times, I think we'll be perfectly happy. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I like the Evo girls being on the show. Yeah, I, I love. I love every time the Evo girls gets featured on a promotion I, I watch. They've pretty much hit everywhere already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true. this is the last stop in many ways outside of TJPW. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're going to hit TJPW though. No, if they get TJPW, then Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa just they have power everywhere, I guess. Um, <laughs> because that would be the biggest accomplishment of of them all. Um, even though I think Chi Chi would belong perfectly on that roster. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Zones and Ami Saray will have Suzu Suzuki versus Yuna Mizumori. This match should be excellent. Yeah. Um, Suzu's past New Blood appearances have been great. If people remember one of the first New Bloods, it was Suzu versus Mirai in a 15 minute draw, which was awesome. Um, I'm not saying this match is going to be that, but Yuna has been a house show MVP. I like to call her. She has been someone that puts in such great efforts, especially for the cosmic angels, AKA the work rate angels, as I like to call them before everyone got hurt. Um, I'm looking forward to this match as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as we are running through this card, I realize they are not going to stream this on YouTube as they used to do with the <laughs> shows. No, not a shot. Not a shot. No. They're not even Tokyo anymore, so I have even less no. hope. Uh, My Sakurai versus Saida is on the show. 
Then we have the match that me and Sandre were talking about. It is May Sarah versus Hanan. One on one. First of all, I hope uh, Saida beats my Sakurai so he can set up a uh, artist uh, match there. That would be good. That would be good. Uh, classmates versus uh, them. But yeah, um, Hanan. <laughs> Hanan <laughs> versus Mazera. It's it's made for us. It's made for us, man. It's so good. Like I, the match hasn't even happened yet. But like I remember when they I saw it announced. I was like, "What? Really? Why? I, I don't care. Actually, I don't care why. Just yeah, I'm I'm here for it." Uh, it is like I would have this as my opener on a produce show uh, if I was producing <laughs> a show. Like this is like perfectly for me. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's as good as it gets for a new blood match. Like th- yeah. it doesn't get better than this. Uh this yeah. this this is like the Marai Suzu match from Once Upon a Time. Yes. But I'm more excited for this match because it's I don't know. It's just so exciting to me. Like May Sarah has been off the charts great, obviously, and Hanan has had such a good year um in her, you know, overall development as she gets higher and higher up the card i have no idea if they're gonna book a winner here they could i'm sure may sarah could win um i could see a draw i could even see Han win i think everything's on the table here and that's what makes it so exciting for me if they were if if they work high speed style and Han somehow rolls her up and wins yeah give me that do we get a rematch you know how much for queendom right now if if mayu and uh hanan aren't challenging for uh the tag titles or stars just aren't challenging for the artist belt give me that give me that as soon as possible i think uh these two are gonna kick ass this is like the match i'm most excited for in startup weekend i'm not even lying yeah um, yeah I, now that mayu is out of the out of the gold rush sermon yeah this is, this is my match of the weekend we're still <laughs> it's 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 gonna be great well miyu amasaki versus chi chi of evil girls I, I was so happy when I saw Chi Chi booked for this show. Uh, of course, she is, you know, Ceri's chosen one, as I like to bring up time and time again. Yes. Um, they, they are not going to get the rights to Barbie Girl. <laughs> no, no, that's the only shame of it all is that, that half, half of the fun is her coming out to Barbie Girl and absolutely loving it and dancing with the crowd and stuff like that. But uh, these two, I. I I keep seeing zones and cheating on the show. I'm like, how how quickly does Rossi offer them a contract? Like to, immediately. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I would I would offer I would offer it so hard to cheating. Like, hey, oh yeah, Chichi's the main you. one that I'm like. I feel like Rossi's like, ah, uh, you go, take take the money, take take yeah. the contract. You you um, can you can get uh, Bu Amosaki's like. <laughs> push <laughs> like we'll take that away from her <laughs> um i'm excited for that match it may not be all that great i have no idea but i'm looking forward to it yeah this i, I i'm actually interested in this one <laughs> yeah new blood's got an interesting card that's the fun of the shows now they just don't air live anymore ever since they got even better so it's like oh, all right cool um mocha hanazono faces lady c in a singles match the day before her high speed title challenge but we bet you could figure out who's uh, winning that one. Yeah. And Rina will defend the future of Stardom Championship against Hanako. So that should be should be a nice little defense for her. I think they're big fans of Hanako, obviously. I don't even think I need to think that. I think it's very clear that they are. 
Um, so good big spot for her early in her career. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this show up, shall we? We get to Gold Rush this weekend. Um, I've yet to decide if I'm going to do a live review of this. The only reason I was thinking of doing a live stream for this show was because of the big announcement. Um, yes. But I may just do a mini live show and not even review this card, um, depending what happens, because that's really the co- talking point at this point with. Um, with Tam and Suzuki off, of course, let's talk about that first. Uh, as everyone knows by now, Tam is injured, very injured, so injured that we have no idea when she's coming back. Um, Stardom seemingly has no idea when she's coming back, but I will say I hold out hope because they would have, I think they would have called the match off a lot sooner if they didn't think she had a shot at being on this show. Um, but it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. So, Tam's injury is legit. That's the problem. Yes. Right? Like, this isn't I a... have a feeling that that injury is way worse than they already say. <laughs> like, I think so, too. It was like, a knee it... injury that we watched her collapse when trying to pick up Natsuko, and Natsuko also landed right on her knee. If she comes out and on crutches and, like, with the title and, and relinquishes it, I will not be, like, surprised. Yeah. I will be sad, but I will not be surprised. I could see them run a vacant world title match at the uh, Nagoya show on December 2nd. Um, or it would be that it would be Susu versus like who? whoever they Fire? want. Yeah, that'd be good. Who's beat who beat Tam in uh, the thing? The five star, I can't even remember it. <laughs> uh, the thing, uh. uh yeah, I don't know. Um, Natsuko did, obviously, and she already had that match. Um, they could also just... I'm not saying they should do this, but they could just hold the belt to Queendom and then do the match. Yeah, but if Tom can't work Queendom... The, because there's a real possibility... That oh, I meant, I, meant the, I meant the vacant title oh, match. Oh, okay, okay, the vacant. Yeah. Okay. Um, Natsupoi beat Tam. Suzu Suzuki beat Tam. And uh, that's in Mayu into a time limit draw. Yeah. So it would be those three, and Natsupoi's not wrestling nor challenging for the world title. Um, yikes. Not great. <laughs> I, all right. So here's, here's a few ideas I have. One, they hold the Tam Suzu match to Nagoya or try to hold it to then unless she's uncleared. If she's not clear by then, they announce a vacant title match, and that would be between Suzu Suzuki and presumably Saya Kamatani. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because Saya Kamatani does have a... I, I think she has a way to say she could get it. One, she didn't get to wrestle in the five-star Grand Prix because of injury. Two, she got injured against Tam. We never know how that match would have went, technically. Like, there is a pitch there to make it make sense. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I I'm so not used to st- uh, to start on rushing people like that into the um, because I I said uh, earlier this year when uh, Kamitani got injured that oh this sets up her up perfectly to win next year's five star and mm-hmm. uh, and ever since the five star ended the talk has been oh Saya Saya is challenging Tom at, the, at Wyndham and I'm like. Well, 
I feel like they could have held on to that and made it more special. I, I, I'll say this: I, I have yet to p- grasp the necessary need for her to challenge for this belt this year. Yeah. So my guess, let's do, let's talk, let's toss up some hypotheticals here. One, she's winning the belt. I think that's yeah. the first. I like, mean, that is that's the most why likely we're one. <laughs> yeah. Um, two, Tam wants to lose the belt to Saya. I think that is a possibility. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I don't know again why we're forcing it so badly. Like, we've seen injuries in the past. Yeah, it was rumored that Julia was supposed to win t- in 2021. I don't believe that. Sure, he went on to hold the title for a year and it was perfect. Um, yeah. but if that were the case, they didn't hold off, right? They went with Shuri and Shuri challenged the queendom. Um, I don't know why this is a must now. There's also the possibility that Tam could be winding down soon. Well, yeah. <laughs> which we've talked about countless times at this point. Yeah. But if it were to ever finally happen, it would be following the World of Stardom title reign that she's having. Uh, and, you know, maybe a Yokohama Buntai show or next year's Queendom makes some sense to... Uh, yeah conclude i don't know i don't get why we need sai kawatani so badly in the world title match uh other than her winning so uh yeah i, I like i would be a fan of that uh, I'm yeah i have no problem be. with sai kawatani winning the I, title i just want everyone to know that <laughs> yeah i just don't see why we can't hold off until next year and have her go through this like awesome story in the five star and then win the five star and win at the year end of the year there i I'm right there with you. I've I've yet to make any sense of any of this, uh, uh, but I will be okay with whatever they go with as long as Sai Kamatani is coming back. Which kind of brings us to Gold Rush as a whole. Gold yes. Rush, a show that was again supposed to be headlined by Suzu versus Tam, with the five star winner challenging, has since lost that match. It has also lost Mayu Utani. It has lost a lot. But they are making the best of it, as they do. Um, so we will have the Moneyball Tournament. The teams are as follows. We will have Hazuki, Hanan, and Saeeda representing Stars. That's just a fun trio, so I have no problems with that. Um, God's Eye will be represented by Saki Kashima, Ami Saray, and a returning Konami from her uh, match in EVE, her match at Kitsune. She is back in stardom. And I have already made the pitch that they should probably uh, book her for Queendom at this point, just because of all the injuries. Just get another name value on that card. Uh, I'm thinking a lot of the returns will happen by then. Um, but still, I would just get her on that card, maybe start something here. Um, and then the other Moneyball match is Julia, My Sakurai, and Tekla versus Natsukotora, Momowatanabe, and Raka. It is by the way, my Sakurai who pitched the Moneyball tournament this year. So take that for what you will. Yeah. Um, in terms of who I expect to win, it's now the DDM t- uh, DDM team. I ex- I was hoping this was my original pitch when Mayu was Saida and now Saida's in. Um, was that it was going to be Hizuki versus Hanan versus Mayu. For, uh, it was going to be those three versus DDM, and then DDM was going to put the artist belts on the line in yeah. the ladder match. Yeah. 
now that's not going to happen. So, or it could happen. It could still happen, but I don't, I, I had stars winning potentially. Now yeah. I don't think that would happen. So now I think there's a chance that DDM retains and then maybe they run the match back at Nicoya I mean, or something. I don't see, them, I, I don't see, this is a problem. I don't see them making Saida double chance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think if Koguma was still in this match instead of uh, Saida, I think there could be a shot of Hanan Koguma and Hazuki beating DDM for the artist titles. I absolutely agree. Um, of course, Koguma injured as well. Yeah. So life is pain. Yeah. But I, I, I will note now three injuries are back for this show. Supposedly, as of this recording, Hanan's back after acute appendicitis. I have no idea how that's possible. Sounds terrible. Um, clearly, it wasn't that bad. Uh, <laughs> I looked it up and I was like, that doesn't seem like something you just come right back from, but okay. Yeah, um, Saki Kashima back after having to miss the tag league finals. That kind of sounded bad last week. So, um, I'm happy she's back. I'm happy they just said, you know what, screw it. We we'll, we need you more for the other big pay per view. Um, and the next match, which is the return of Starlight Kid, she is making her return to a Stardom ring after having injured her ankle. Um, I believe she hurt herself at the Dream Tag Festival, and she worked through it until the end of the five star until she couldn't know more. Uh, she actually she worked through it to drop the new blood tag belts and then she couldn't keep going. She was not able to have my favorite year, match of the year with the uh, Mayu, so it's fine. It's whatever, totally over it. Uh, but <laughs> we have the future three way match. It is Suzu Suzuki versus Azumi versus Starlight Kid. If you're gonna make up for no Tam title match, I'll take this. I will take this. Yeah. No, uh, sure. no complaints here. This this is a match that is obviously huge in the fact that I think many of us have put all three of them in kind of this bubble, right, of like the future, and now we get to see them all face off in a three-way match. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think this is going to be fun. I have met. I have. I have oddly missed uh, Sonic Kid, <laughs> someone that I am not that big of a fan of. <laughs> but again, there's a lot of people that I, I have missed uh, that I wouldn't expect I would, would be missing. So. Starlight Kid's uh, star presence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Missed. Um, I missed everyone <laughs> at this point. Like, every yeah. comeback is going to be like, yay, let's go. But uh, hers, she's the first of the. Um, longer term injuries to make her come back so it's nice to see someone actually coming back rather than going away that is the way i look at it yeah for sure um and i'm sure suzu wins because suzu's the one challenging for the world of star title so i would be shocked if she didn't at this point next up we got a uwf rules match it will be shuri facing the scandinavian hurricane alice inc um, former WXW Women's Champion. Um, Shuri's winning. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and talk this match up as if Shuri's doing anything but winning this match. Um, I have no idea if Alice Inc. is going to stick around or just do one match and out, but obviously I think we all hope when 
you know, international stars come over. They do stick around a little bit longer, so we can see more of them and see what they bring to the table. Um, but yeah, it should be. I have no idea if this match is going to be good or not. I've never, I've seen Alice in highlight tapes. Like I've never seen her in an actual match. Yeah, same. I, I know that she's from Sweden. Uh, yes. So she's from my neighbor country. Uh, I famously, we Norwegians famously leech off uh, the Swedish uh, cheap prices. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I have heard that she that she shows potential, but she always gets put put against men that work her her that doesn't like really fit her style. And I think her versus. Shuri is a match that fits her style pretty well. I would agree there. I, I, it doesn't get. I'm not gonna say it doesn't get better than Shuri, but it really doesn't get better than Shuri for a debut match. Um, hopefully, she's able to stick around and kind of fulfill that potential as well. Um, even if it's just a three month tour, I think. Um, should be a fun act to have. Uh, you know, all the international stars that we've had since have either one signed with the AEW or two not come back. Um, so would like to have one stick, you know, and I have like to one stick because Megan Bain ain't coming back. Um, yeah, now let's talk about the announcement, shall we? The major <laughs> announcement. Yeah, your place is here because I yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The major announcement for this show, as reported by Dave Meltzer, no one knows. No one has any clue. And I've had a few ideas tossed back and forth in my brain. Um and I've talked to enough people to make me think one way or the other. I'm sure you have as well. So there's two that are kind of the leaders in the clubhouse for me i know alex of stardom quest and dylan have talked about one of or both of them now on their show um but they them believing in my second idea which i was talking to someone last week about makes me think it's worth pitching but idea number one is of course ronda rousey um Ronda Rousey is now wrestling uh, in indie matches. She is wrestling in her first indie match this week, Pro Wrestling Revolver, or first official indie match this week at Pro Wrestling Revolver, teaming with Maria Shafir against Athena and Billy Starks. And it is known uh, that is Thursday. Okay. That is kind of known um, that. Rhonda is a fan enough of stardom. She's liked tweets regarding stardom matches and things like that. Obviously, she's been someone that has been an advocate for women's wrestling, no matter how you actually feel about Rhonda Rousey. Um, and the idea here would be one, Rhonda Rousey and stardom is a major announcement, even if she lost a lot of her star power. And two, a UWF style match against Shuri feels like the way they would go if it was ever to happen. So 
How do you feel about a? I I have no idea if Ronda Rousey's showing up, but right now I think it's the leader of the clubhouse for a lot of people. I'll give credit to Alex. I'll give credit to Velke for coming up with I think that idea. Um, I think a lot of people have just once the Ronda indie thing got announced, everyone was like, "Wait a minute," you know? It's like, okay. Uh, So, how do you feel about the idea of Ronda Rousey stepping in a stardom ring? Um. I mean, sure. <laughs> <Brief>. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, as I said with Chris Jericho uh, coming in to do mm. uh, Peter, no, Ultimate Party, I said, listen, this, this does nothing for me at all. I don't care about Chris Jericho, but I know people will care about Chris Jericho. People yeah, will exactly. come in and watch the show because of Chris Jericho. And Ronda Rousey is even bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, she sure she sure is. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I mean, it will help pay per view buys for Queendom if they announce Shuri versus Ronda Rousey. Like, and I'm sure the Japanese media will get a yeah, they will love a lot that. of a lot of hype out of that. It is like, it the former UFC fighter versus UFC fighter as well. Um, yeah, like. If if anything from this show warrants a Shupro cover, it would be Shuri and Ronda Rousey staring each other down. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Be pretty like cool. that's that's a Shupro cover right there for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah uh, the match itself, I haven't seen any Ronda Rousey match since like her debut year in WWE. So I can't judge her wrestling ability right now. Well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's just say it hasn't been great <laughs> since uh, she came back. Though, I will say, if anyone's going to get a great match out of her, it's going to be Shuri. It's going to be the best women's wrestler in the world right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's about how I feel. That's, a, that's how I feel about it. That's about it. And then the other pitch I've had, which has been the Tokyo Dome since I read major announcement. But, but, but Alex Richards of Stardom Quest, which I'm sure they talked about on their show, has helped me connect the dots of why I thought a year, like they would announce it for a year in advance, would be ideal. Next year, in November 2024, is the 30-year anniversary of the Big Egg Show. Oh. And Rafa yeah. Gala likes to do these anniversary shows, as we saw this year with the Oklahoma Arena. So, it is worth mentioning that perhaps they go crazy. What if they do two big announcements? <laughs> oh my god, imagine <laughs> they do Ronda and then that. Oh, that'd be insane. That'd be insane. I mean, I'm I'm always cool with major announcements. I I just know like whatever this major announcement is, it's something to at least be somewhat excited about. Like it sounds like it's a good thing, whatever it may be. I just have no idea what it is, but these are my two pitches. Um, I thought I thought about it last week. I said to someone like, "Oh, they could maybe announce it a year in advance to really try to pack the Tokyo Dome as much as possible." Because you don't want to announce it like a few months down the line. You don't want to do that. You yeah, want to, like 
build it, towards that. And I also thought, this, oh, another place for Tam to retire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or I also said, uh, give uh, Julia a like eight month extension. And then she can go to WWE after that if they were to run the Tokyo Dome. Um, <laughs> she yeah, would I, do that. She would actually she would. like see see say like, oh wait, I'm I'm gonna hold on a bit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, you want me to wrestle in the dome? Yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> um, th- those those are my pitches. Uh, the the big A connection. I thank Alex and Dylan for that one. Um, I just thought it would make sense because that's what uh, AEW's kind of doing with All In now. Yeah is giving it a year and that's what um it's it's a good idea that's what wwe does with wrestlemania every year um they announce the new location a year in advance for the most part so and it's the possibility yeah, yeah that's a possibility uh, like if they announce that now and then uh after tom has uh, like lost the title uh, she she has a press conference and the first like announced match for her for that show, uh, in like and it gets announced in like February or something next year. Yeah, is uh, oh I'm gonna have my final match in the dome on that show. That would help pack it. As that would like, that will help ticket sales a lot. <laughs> like don't get me wrong, they're not gonna do a uh, new Japan number, but they can still... do Keiji Muto numbers maybe. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Uh, Keiji Muto is tough. Uh, did Keiji Muto do more than New? I think he did more than he did. He did more than New Japan this year, but uh, I over oh, yeah, like yeah, historically, they like I touch. I was thinking like historically they will gotcha. not touch New Japan. No, but I no, think they, they could. They have a shot to to be close to their numbers this year, or at least I think they will at least be better than the COVID numbers for New Japan. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think they said 2025 was their goal for the Dome, but Rossi loves his anniversaries, and I would see him try to push it just a couple months earlier. Like, what's the difference, right? Um, I'm not saying I think it's – I have no idea what the announcement is going to be, and I think we're all going to react correct one way or the other to whatever the reaction is. The most, like I, – I, here's where I'm at. The, the peak announcement is the Dome, right? Like, that's the best possible announcement you could have because, one, holy hell, like, start of running the Tokyo Dome. Two, year in advance, way to build it up. Probably have a lot of outsiders. A lot of different factors, I'm sure, play into that show. Middle ground, I'm with I'm at Ronda. Like, it's like, whatever, that's fine. You know, it's like, I get it. It's major for them. It's major for Japan. It's major for that. And then there's just like a bottom of all this, right? That I have no idea what that is. And I don't know or want to know what that is. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to know the worst case scenario is. Like in 2022, New Japan did 12,000 for their COVID attended um well, dome show. They Storm will do Double they would cool. they would do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> confident they can do that. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's it's not something to rule out though. If you're going yeah. into that show and you're listening to this show, just keep it in mind. Don't get excited about it because again, no idea. I have 
couldn't have less of an idea of what this is going to be. These are just the two best theories um, that I think we can look at. And when it's neither of them, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for getting your hopes up. Uh, but let's get back to Gold Rush. We'll finish that up here. May Sarah will defend the title against the high speed title against Momoka Hanazono. This should be great. Oh, yeah. But we're entering oh, yeah. the Hana Zone once again. Um, this is May Sarah's first defense and feels like her first real opportunity to go full high speed since I think getting back into form, if that makes sense, right? She had the Azumi title match, which I really enjoyed, but she's gotten a lot better since then. She's gotten all the rest off by now. And Hanazono obviously is a fan favorite, I think, for a lot of people. She is very good in the ring. Uh, they're, they're sure to have their silly moments, but I do think that this can be this can be like May Sarah's version of Azumi versus May Saruga, if that makes sense. It'll yeah. be a very different match, obviously, because Mo- Mocha and uh, Saruga bring very different in-ring. Um, but I think it can be like that standout match early in her reign. Yeah. Should be fun. Uh, May Sarah is, is awesome. Momoko on the Sono is very funny. So, yeah, it will. I think it will be a, a pretty fun match. And the likely main event, it will be Mirai defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship against Sayeri. And no, uh, this is a big one. This is this is one I called at the beginning of the five star. I said Sayori probably beats Mirai. We got to get this title match, and that is exactly what we're getting. Mirai, hopefully, having her first. Uh, I think this would be her first main event um, since winning the belt because I think she, I think Julia main evented over her instead um, one time. So. Though they could do the ladder match in the main event. That wouldn't be a big shock to me. Um, but with Mayu out, I could see them not do that now. Um, so I'm very excited about this match. This has a this has all the potential to be one of the best matches in stardom this year. Um, based off of what Sayori has done in a stardom ring, she's really created... Um, she's really developed into just one of the best going today like her ice run last year was great to i think to level her up and this year she's leveled up once again that i feel like she's one of the wrestlers that i most i find myself looking forward to watching the most so seeing her in this big singles title match against mirai who has obviously been fantastic doesn't get much better than this for a big wonder star title match yeah uh, might be her, uh, Mirai's uh, last great wonder match in a while, <laughs> considering the potential opponents. We're at, we're at the uh, Kamatani <laughs> part of the reign from last year when uh, she defended against Kyrie, and then she went on to defend it against Umasaki and Ami Sarai back to back. Oh, poor Umasaki! <laughs> well, it's the truth. No yeah. offense, which is you know. My Sakurai and Army Sarai could very much be the same exact yeah, yeah. run for Mirai, which is such a weird <laughs> follow-up. Like, why is Queen in that? Like, the only care. one the only one that would care for a Mirai versus uh, My Sakurai match is Alex. Yep. <laughs> and yep. Like... And even Alex, I think, can admit that would not be... <laughs> 
the best choice for Queendom. <laughs> yeah, even he would, he, even he would not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this match should be awesome. Yeah, this this match is still giving me life to watch the show live. Um, <laughs> which is, I I was gonna probably watch it live because of the major announcement. Either way, uh, but this is the one. Like, all right, this is gonna be like, you know, four plus stars absolute banger type match hope i would love if sayori i love mirai so i don't want her to lose necessarily but if sayori just socked everyone and won i wouldn't be against it uh but i do see mirai (laughs) i do see mirai getting the win here continuing her reign still pretty fresh um and she's still kind of finding her way um and it seems like we have the mayan ami matches to do now so yippee uh, because of that, I actually hope Sayori wins, <laughs> <laughs> so we can avoid them. Where I can go wrestle those in the undercards or something. Um, anyways, that's Gold Rush 2023. Uh, Sandre, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. Uh, where can the people find you? What do you have going on? All that good stuff. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at uh, Sandre Bjorn. I am the only Sandre that talks about pro wrestling, so. It's true. That's my favorite thing that you always do. It's like I'm the (laughs) only one that ever talks about wrestling. So if you can't find me, it's your fault. (laughs) Yeah, like there's probably multiple Scots on Twitter. There's only one somewhere on Twitter that talks about wrestling. (laughs) That's very true. Um, I have a new project going on in addition to Dramatic Dream Dragons, a podcast all about DDT and Dragon Gate. I have a new podcast also launching. We had the fir- our first episode last weekend. Um, it was live on the Five Star Network YouTube channel, just like every show will be. And it will be a monthly show covering Actress Girls, the uh, Jewish promotion. And uh, it's me and Val K, uh, who runs it. And we uh, started off the first episode with explaining a lot of what the hell AWG is <laughs> and <laughs> and we talked a lot about the restart and why the restart happened and all that and we also use co- everyone we, sorry yeah we <laughs> we also uh, uh, reviewed and broke down their uh, Cork and Hall show from the 15th of October and while doing that we explained like every roster member's role because the whole roster is, was on the Cork <laughs> so it was pretty easy to do yeah, yeah. So everyone, make sure to check that out. I think I, I don't want to be quoted on this, but I do think it's the only Actress Girls podcast. It's the only Actress Girls specific podcast. Yes. Yeah, I know a lot of people well, cover it. Still, yeah, podcasts will mention it, like, but yeah. we are we only cover Actress Girls. <laughs> yes, this podcast has mentioned it, but you yeah, know, that that one covers it uh, mostly because. I think it's starting to create a stir for fans. I think it's a perfect time if you want to get yeah. into it. Um, they have a lot of great young wrestlers who I have no idea if any of them will actually make a jump eventually. Um, but if they do, best place to start is over on Sandra's show. Get get yeah. to know them outside of yeah. like the people that we already know. You know, Akiyasakawa, we know. Uh, but she left. You know, <laughs> she left? Yeah. She left she... Actress Girls? Yeah, she she's no longer a roster member. Uh, most likely because she is probably going to be exclusive to Kitsuna. 
Oh, okay. Well, shit. I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea she left. Well, anyways. Uh, <laughs> then, then, you, then you clearly hasn't, haven't listened to the first episode of Actor Station. It's funny because I, I like to listen to things while I'm working, and I, I, I thought the show was debuting this week. Okay. And so now I'm going to listen to it because I, I am stunned. <laughs> I had no clue, but that's okay. All right, sure. Uh, anyways, let's wrap this up. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Scotty Wrestling. If you want to see my Gold Rush preview, that will be available on voiceofwrestling.com. I may review the show as well for some website. Have no idea yet. Depends how the show is, I guess. Um, I think the show will be good enough. And it's only seven matches. You can check out my Stardom Road podcast going over the history of stardom this week. None other than going over the big rookie, Utami Hayashishta, and her first year in the company. Um, I hear she did pretty well for herself after the rookie year. So uh, she's pretty well for herself in the rookie year. I pegged her Uh, as my rookie of the year that year. and uh, She came in second. She came in second in the Observer Awards, which is impressive seeing how Stardom wasn't like as popular yeah, yeah. as it is now. Stardom wasn't bought by Bushiroad yet, then. So she she lost to Ronda Rousey. Wow! Connections, huh? Connections. That's um, a good thing he, for uh, the dome right there. <laughs> you took my Observer Award. Now, uh, but yeah, that's uh, something to look forward to there. If you want to check that out, otherwise. Until next time, everyone, see ya.